This episode is sponsored by Mutual of Omaha. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to delve into one of the biggest developments in commercial vehicle technology on the near-term horizon, the introduction of automated steering features in commercial trucks. Steering assistance capabilities represent the next evolutionary stage for the active safety and collision mitigation systems available in the market today. Active steering will enable features such as lane keeping assist, which will provide automatic steering corrections to help keep the truck from drifting out of its lane, along with a range of other safety functions. These types of active steering features are becoming increasingly common in the passenger car market, but how quickly will this technology take hold in commercial trucking? And how will it change the driver experience? We'll set out to answer those questions in this episode. Active steering could be an opportunity to boost safety and reduce driver fatigue. However, it will be essential for drivers to understand the capabilities and limitations of the technology. These new driver assist systems could also help pave the way for higher levels of automation in the future. To help us better understand all of these possibilities, we're going to speak with two of the largest industry suppliers involved in the development of active steering for trucks. Later in the program, I'll bring in Jason Reut, Vice President and Regional Business Leader for Commercial Vehicles at Bosch North America. But first, I'm pleased to welcome Dan Williams, Director of ADAS and Autonomy at ZF. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Great to be here, Seth. One of the big developments on the near-term horizon for commercial trucks is the emergence of automated steering capabilities. And ZF is one of the major industry suppliers that's developing this technology for commercial trucks. Now, Dan, why is this an important uh, development for the future of the trucking industry, and, and why should fleets be paying attention to this? Well, when we talk about automated steering capabilities, we're looking to improve safety and efficiency. Um, you could say that automated steering capabilities allow safety improvements through things like ADAS or automated, I'm sorry, advanced driver assistance systems. Um, a good example of this is something like lane keeping, when we start integrating sensors with the steering function to uh, keep the vehicle on the lane. As technology progresses more and more, then we can move sort of in an evolutionary way into autonomous driving type steering systems. And there we get to have real efficiency advantages. Um, ADAS is more of a safety play. Um, automated driving is an efficiency play. And along the way, we can also look to things like electric actuation of steering systems that would be particularly attractive to electrically powered vehicles that could improve emissions and fuel economy. Yeah, and you mentioned you know, lane keeping assist as a, you know, an early form of active steering. And you know, those capabilities are already available in the passenger car market. Uh, but what are the challenges associated with adapting that to commercial trucks? Well, you're right, Seth. Um, they're available in the passenger car market, and that's a real opportunity that our industry has to be able to transfer that kind of technology across from high-volume passenger car business that um, can support a lot of scale in the R&D activities to a commercial vehicle market that will value really the evolutionary adoption of this kind of technology. But it's not just a simple walk across, as you've mentioned. Um, and the basic thing that has to be addressed when we walk that technology across is just the commercial vehicles are bigger and they're bigger in a lot of ways. One is they're heavier um, and they have a solid I-beam front axle. So what that means is the steering loads and the steering inputs from the road are more significant with commercial vehicles. Uh, commercial vehicles are wider. So when you talk about lane keeping, 
there's kind of less of a margin for error um, that turns a lane center deviation into a lane departure. Um, so the lane keeping is a little bit trickier to do with commercial vehicles. Um, and also commercial vehicles are longer and sometimes they're articulated. And the combination of those things presents a really interesting uh, occurrence where commercial vehicle drivers a lot of times don't want to drive in the center of the lane. A lot of times they want to kind of deviate about the center position to keep their long vehicle or their articulated trailer within the lane boundary. And, um, you know, that's a phenomenon that you know, just doesn't occur in passenger cars. Definitely a different world, uh, you know, in commercial vehicles versus a passenger car. Uh, so a lot to think about there. Uh, but we do see, you know, truck manufacturers really across the board and, and big industry suppliers like ZF investing in active steering. But what's unclear, I think, is just how quickly fleets are going to choose to adopt that technology as, as it reaches the market. Uh, what do you expect to see in terms of the pace of adoption for uh, active steering? Well, it's really hard to say. Um, I mean, we think directionally it's going to come for sure. I think you can look at something like lane keeping that we talked about earlier. We see lane keeping coming in the very near future, and we have high hopes that a lane keeping assist system or LKA will will dramatically reduce and prevent roadway departures. And if you look at all the different categories of accidents, um, a lot of them are decreasing, but roadway departures, as it turns out, are really sort of an increasing categorization of accidents that we think we can address through lane keeping. Hmm. And once we get sort of a critical mass, and again, lane keeping would be, you know, the um, active steering actuator, as well as a camera to do lane keeping. That becomes kind of the lane keeping system. But once that is in place, you, know, you can start adding additional sensors to that. For example, you could put a short range, wide field of view um, radar on the side of the vehicle and give a lane change assist function, basically just by adding another sensor. And once you get sort of a, a critical mass of actuators and sensors on a vehicle, each additional function ends up becoming marginally cheaper. And I think, you know, once we get to that point where we've got this critical mass of sensors and actuators on a vehicle and for maybe the addition of another sensor, we get another function, then I think you'll see the thing kind of explode. Okay, well, we'll stay tuned for that and uh, see how it all develops. I do want to take a moment to talk specifically about ZF. You know, several years ago, uh, ZF made this huge move on the chessboard when it acquired TRW, and that, of course, greatly expanded the company's steering business. Uh, Dan, can you just share a few thoughts uh, looking back at that merger and, and just telling us how it changed the company, especially as the industry starts to make this move toward active steering? Well, it's really been a fantastic opportunity for us, Seth. Um, when you look at what TRW kind of brought to the commercial vehicle marketplace as a standalone company, it was basically the commercial vehicle steering group um, located here in Lafayette. ZF had, I guess you'd say, a larger presence in the commercial vehicle market. Um, so what that meant was that the old ZF, kind of the legacy ZF business, had more revenues derived from the commercial vehicle market. And also, I think the commercial vehicle market was just sort of more strategic to ZF. So the, the addition of the two, you know, allowed... The, the ZF sort of scale and the ZF uh, strategic importance to be transferred over to the old TRW uh, commercial vehicle businesses. So that's a fantastic improvement for us. And then 
as it affects my job in particular, you know, what, what my team does here in Lafayette is, is basically take sensors and figure out some algorithm to take the information that we get from these sensors and drive actuators. Again, a best example of that is the lane keeping system where we get camera information, come up with an algorithm to drive the steering. And um, what this merger of ZF and TRW gives us in particular is just this big sort of bushel basket full of components that we get to play around with. So it's been a really good thing for us. Okay. You know, I'll also quickly mention that, you know, ZF has agreed to purchase Wabco and what would be another huge merger in the uh, you know, commercial trucking uh, industry. But, you know, I'll spare my questions about that until I, the transaction actually closes. Um, I do want to go back to the business case for active steering. You know, how will this technology provide a return on investment for fleets? You know, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the possibility of adding safety and you know, maybe even uh, dealing with driver fatigue. You know, how do you see the, the ROI, the return on investment for, say, a lane keep assist system and beyond? Well, initially, we see these, these systems coming into the marketplace through ADAS, or again, that's the Advanced Driver Assistance Systems. That's really uh, a way to improve vehicle safety. You mentioned lane keeping. You know, a good example of that is, is how lane keeping can reduce roadway departures, a, a growing category of, of accidents. Um, and each ADAS system really improves safety in kind of its own way. Um, lane keeping is one, uh, AEB, ACC, all those kinds of things add safety to the vehicle. And then as you go up a step kind of in complexity and start getting into more of the autonomous driving kind of systems where you're actually, you know, sort of taking the driver out of the loop for maybe some periods of time growing into significant periods of time, you start to um, be able to improve driver efficiency. Um, and, and so really those are the kind of two key ways that this kind of technology falls to the bottom line of the fleets, initially through safety improvements and, and then through efficiency improvements. Have your cake and eat it too. Mutual of Omaha Bank has the lending capacity and national geographic reach you need to grow your trucking and transportation business. Yet, they're small enough to provide a dedicated relationship team and the personal touch your company deserves. Find your banking sweet spot with Mutual of Omaha Bank. To discuss your needs, give Brian Hoban a call at 913-312-4403. That's Brian Hoban at 913-312-4403. How is, is all this technology going to change the job of the professional driver? I mean, we're really in the, in the nearer term, we're, we're talking about driver assist technology uh, that's building on the collision mitigation and active safety systems that we have today. Uh, how is this going to evolve uh, and how is the, the job of the driver going to evolve? Well, when we think of how active steering will change the job of the professional driver, um, you know, you start out just the active steering as a standalone system really improves the driver experience. There's a sort of age-old compromise in conventional hydraulic power steering systems between sort of low speed, low efforts that the driver would like to see and a high speed sense of stability. With the old hydraulic systems, you could do either one of those just fine, but to do them both together, there was kind of a compromise between 
the low speed and the high speed operating regimes. With computer control systems that are generally what active steering is, um, that compromise is reduced and, you know, in some cases really eliminated so that you have a vehicle that is easy to steer in the parking lot when you're spotting a trailer, that kind of thing, and yet you get it out on the highway and you, the driver has a real sense of high-speed stability. So, you know, the first thing the driver's going to notice with active steering is it's just going to be a much more pleasant driver experience. And then as we start integrating more of these ADAS functions into active steering, again, we've talked about lane keeping. That's the best example. Um, you just add it. Once you've got the active steering in place, you add a camera. In a lot of cases, the camera's already on the vehicle. Um, so you have the, the function that integrates the camera with the steering. And then you have a system, an ADAS system, that improves vehicle safety, reduces roadway departures. And... As you continue to go um, and add, add more and more sort of sensors and capability to the system, you get into more of an autonomous driving type scenario where in that case, you know, the driver is going to be able to um, initially detach from the driving task for particular portions such as high-speed lane keeping. You know, the driver will need to be in the cockpit to um, get the vehicle from the depot out to the interstate highway. And once he's on the interstate highway, he can engage, you know, some form of automation that will keep the vehicle in the lane for some period of time safely and let him to completely break away from the driving task and um, do whatever other value added activities that, that he could do for the fleet. Um, and then another way that we could see autonomy improving driver efficiency is, is a concept that we're pretty excited about that's an automated following concept where you have one automated vehicle that does nothing but follow in the tracks of a manually driven vehicle. So that's a good example of how automation really doubles driver efficiency, where, you know, conventionally you'd have one driver driving one truck and now you would have one driver driving two trucks. Yeah, interesting, uh, you know, sort of the, the way that the conversation about truck platooning has has moved is, you know, looking, you know, one, of course, at fuel economy, but also as a potentially a way to improve productivity with uh, um, an automated truck following a, a manually driven truck. You know, as uh, automated steering control begins to appear on the market, you know, how important will it be for fleets to make sure that the drivers are trained and, and understand what this technology can and cannot do? You know, we've seen some examples in the in the passenger car market where maybe drivers are a little confused about what you know a, a so-called level two system can and can't do. Uh, what's your your take on how this will roll out for commercial trucks? You know, what kind of training will drivers need to make sure that they are aware of the capabilities and limitations of the technology they're going to see on their trucks. Well, ZF always advocates for driver training and a greater awareness of the functionality of these onboard systems. Um, it's very important because you never want the driver to turn off or disable a system that could ultimately lead to more safety. Um, and this is up to us and to the manufacturer to ensure that these systems are as intuitive possible. Um, we don't want to cause any annoyance or distraction. And, and I guess in general, what you'd say, Seth, is, you know, we've said earlier how, you know, these kind of systems will improve driver efficiency and allow this driver to, you know, add more value. But at the same time, you know, that, that improvement in efficiency probably is not going to, you know, just 
fall into our laps with no effort. You know, we've got to have the drivers trained at a, at a safer level to handle more complex systems to be able to realize this improvement in driver efficiency. And Dan, I think I'm going to leave you here with a uh, final question on uh, sort of the, qu- the crystal ball question on, you know, your best estimate for when and how these various levels of automated driving that we've been discussing uh, will actually change the trucking industry, will be deployed in, in a, a meaningful way. So everything from, you know, sort of this next level of, uh, you know, lane keeping and active steering that we've discussed up into the, to the, all the way to the highly automated trucks that uh, would be capable of actually letting the driver, you know, actually step away from the driving task. You know, how soon is this going to happen? You know, how automated will trucks be in, say, you know, a few years from now, 10 years from now, and, and even, you know, two decades from now? How do, what's your best guess as to how quickly this will all happen? Boy, Seth, I thought you might let me off the hook without having to answer that question. That's a, that's a really difficult question. And, you know, if I had an answer for it, you know, I'd be, you know, out playing the stock market right now for sure. Um, you know, but I mean, I'll give you a guess, you know, and it's, it's just my guess and it's probably as good as anybody's guess. You know, I think we're going to see these level two systems, you know, really appear on commercial vehicles in the next five years. You know, I talked about how, you know, they'll start out appearing kind of slowly, I think over the next few years and then maybe five years out. I think I mentioned earlier where, you know, there could be this explosion where once we hit this critical mass where, you know, you start being able to add, you know, different functions for, you know, a, a very small marginal cost, you know, I think that's going to happen, you know, say five years out. Um, and then I think, you know, that sets us up well for, you know, making kind of the next step into autonomous driving. Um, as it turns out, you know, the L2 system, a full L2 system has a lot of the functionality already on board that's required for autonomous driving. And what you're really lacking in that step is redundancy. And, um, you know, what redundancy is required is really kind of dependent upon the duty cycle. For example, if we have a duty cycle that is completely in a restricted area where there's really no interaction of this vehicle with the general public, um, that step from an L2 system to a autonomous system, you know, can be a pretty small step. Um, but if you go to more of a general purpose autonomous uh, truck, you know, the kind of thing that you know, that comes out of, you know, I guess, uh, you know, almost a science fiction movie where somebody just puts in a GPS coordinate and this truck, you know, plots the, uh, you know, plots the route and does all of the operations and is ready for anything that comes its way along that route. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be longer. I think there's going to be, you know, sort of an evolution in autonomy from, you know, five years to maybe 10 years or maybe even further out before you see, you know, those kinds of, you know, fully autonomous systems. But, you know, certainly that's going to be kind of an evolution. There's going to be certain, um, certain duty cycles. You know, another, another duty cycle that would be important to mention is we kind of mentioned it already in passing is the high speed lane keeping. You know, that's what, you know, some of our trucks, that's what they do most of the time. And that's actually in, in the terms of the kinds of things that cause complexity to autonomous driving, you know, that high speed lane keeping mode is pretty well controlled. So, you know, that'll be something that will be, you know, fairly easily automated as we go through this evolution. And, you know, that'll be something that will obviously make a big difference to our industry because, you know, in many cases, you know, that's 95% of what our trucks do. 
Sure. You know, more of a, an evolution than a re- revolution, I think is a good way to put it. And, you know, that tends to match my own thinking about uh, how we'll see all of this uh, materialize, you know, gradually over the course of many years. Uh, but Dan, it's been uh, really a pleasure to, to talk to you about this. You know, we really appreciate your, your insights and you know, thanks again for joining us. Anytime, Seth. Thank you. As a member of the trucking and transportation industry, you're always on the go. In fact, you're probably on the go right now. That's why Mutual of Omaha Bank has developed a mobile banking platform that connects with your business's existing software and allows you to bank whenever and from wherever you want. Mutual of Omaha Bank, here to help keep you going. To discuss your needs, give Brian Hoban a call at 913-312-4403. That's Brian Hoban at 913-312-4403. Next on Road Signs, we're excited to welcome Jason Reut, Vice President and Regional Business Leader for Commercial Vehicles at Bosch North America. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Thanks, Seth. Happy to join you. So the next big step for active safety technology for commercial vehicles will be the introduction of automated steering features. And the first wave of those capabilities are actually right on the cusp of entering the market. So Jason, I just want to ask you, how important is active steering for the future of commercial vehicle safety? Well, that's a great question, Seth. I think um, as we look at what we want to achieve in trucking with automation, uh, we need to be able to control automatically the longitudinal and the latitudinal movement of the truck. So having an electric steering or an active steering within the truck chassis is a very important building block to what later could be both in full automation and in driver's assist. Yeah, and the first wave of active safety is going to enable features that we already see in the passenger car market, you know, stuff like lane keeping assist, uh, lane, lane departure protection, uh, lane change assistance. Uh, but what kind of features do you think will see really gain traction in the trucking market the soonest? You know, what do you see as the, the first big steps in, in commercial vehicles? Yeah, that's, a, that's another good question. I think that, um, you know, today there are a lot of systems that are able to detect uh, when the truck is uh, veering out of a lane, but those are not active systems with, with the steering. So the, the functionality of lane centering and lane keeping. Also, what what other software advantages you can have when you implement this, uh, such as pole drift compensation. The, these are things that uh, are on passenger cars, but maybe not noticed today so much, because as you drive a passenger car, you won't feel the crown of the of the road or the wind as much as you will in a loaded truck. Um, so the, these features are are all sort of with the package of the software and very easy to implement once you have the hardware necessary to steer the truck automatically. In terms of what, what will actually be the most value from either a safety perspective or a comfort perspective, I think we're still sort of learning our way through that because it you know, from a comfort perspective, uh, driving a, a six hours on a crowned road with with uh, assistance for for pull and drift compensation uh, really will be quite an impact for the driver, we believe. Uh, but these are things that need to be proven out. They need to be uh, realized, let's say, by the, the people who are investing in these technologies and, and in the drivers, too. 
but I think it'll be a combination of lane centering with some of the things I mentioned um, as, as one of the, the real good um, implementation points for the technology. So all of the truck OEMs seem to be moving in this direction. They're investing in active steering. But just because some of these features are going to become available, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that fleets are all going to line up and, and choose to, to spec it on their new trucks. Uh, I mean, you look at what's on the market today in terms of uh, collision mitigation systems. And of course, there's still a lot of new trucks that uh, are delivered uh, without that type of technology. Uh, so how quickly do you see the trucking industry actually adopting active steering once it becomes available? Yeah, it's an it's a interesting point because um, in the United States, these things won't be legislated anytime soon. However, in Europe, a lot of these things are being legislated um, with the, the general safety requirements that are, that are coming out. And as you know, most of the commercial vehicle OEMs are global OEMs that have to deal with this, this topic, not only in the US, but also in Europe and the other regions around the globe. So I think what we talk about is, you know, in two parts, one is what is necessary for a truck maker to implement this technology, to be comfortable with it, to decide to either make it an option or to even make it a standard feature in their truck. And what additional benefits do they get out of it in terms of ease to drive differentiation and secondary features that, that can be offered based on that technology. So I think the, there, there are two real, let's say, barriers for it that, that have really nothing to do about the technology because the technology has been around for decades in principle. And you know companies like Bosch and others have had versions of electric steering for trucks available for nearly 10 years now. Um, so, so what 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 becomes the the key question is what what is the pivot point that this technology uh, from the OEM perspective from the user perspective or the the person buying the trucks at what point does this the, do all of these factors add up that that either the OEMs decide to to integrate it as part of a standard package or that uh, truck operators uh, want to have this technology in the trucks. And I think that this isn't a new discussion. This was the discussion years ago on anti-lock brakes. Uh, it's the discussion on electronic stability control. It's the discussion on automatic emergency braking. And they all kind of come together in terms of the maturity of the technology, the cost of the technology, the, um, the TCO, so to speak, of it, and the TCO on safety features is, is a little bit less direct in some cases, but all of those things need to come together um, uh, to, to kind of get it over the hump that, that these features that are, are clearly an advantage to have in the vehicles make it in their way in a, in a standard package. And I think the additional incentive for the industry in large to do that on a technology like electronic steering is that you know as we look to the future of what what could happen and what will happen in terms of higher degrees of automation this is an essential part of the, the actuation and the technology that needs to be in the trucks to realize things down the road so it's not really a question of if it's really a question of when sure i mean definitely a, a building block for the the future of 
uh, higher levels of automation uh, in, in commercial vehicles in the future. Uh, but let's continue the conversation uh, by looking at the, the business case for active steering in the near term. You know, how will this technology provide a return on investment for fleets? You know, of course, it's a, another layer of, of safety and driver support to prevent crashes, but I also get the sense that there's a, an opportunity to reduce driver fatigue. And uh, maybe that in turn helps driver recruiting and, and driver retention, which of course is a huge issue for trucking. Uh, Jason, how do you see the business case for active steering in trucks? Yeah, um, like I said before, Seth, it, it's, it's not going to be in front of us in, in black and white terms or in you know actual dollars per mile that one can realize. However, you take the case like I discussed of you know having a system that is you know automatically compensating in micro degrees as the truck is going down a windy road and a crowned, crowned highway, um, the, the experience of the driver in such a truck as that versus one that doesn't have electric steering or you know, it is requiring heavy, heavy yard um, um, movements. Um, the, the, in general, the drivers are going to say, whether they know it or not, that the truck even has electric steering. And man, when I drive that truck, that particular one, um, I prefer to drive that versus the other one. And, and so I think that, you know, it will manifest itself in, in a better driving experience with, with drivers that are, are less fatigued. It may manifest itself in trucks that are easier to maneuver, easier to control. Um, that's not, that's almost like an indirect TCO because you're, you're kind of hitting on the experience of the driver there. But I think as the technologies will come to the road, and they are coming to the road, and there are, you know, brands that are technology innovators like Daimler and Freightliner who have announced publicly their plans to bring active lane assist very, very soon to the market. As these technologies are understood a little bit better uh, from a comfort perspective, and not not just direct driver creature comfort, but actually you know, having a driver be less fatigued and preferring to drive a particular truck or pre preferring to drive with a particular fleet that is using those particular trucks, uh, that will manifest itself in, you know, a better driver retention, a better experience. And as the, the drivers experience this and the, the fleets experience this on the road, um, the, the truck that is centering itself not only just making a beep or a noise if a lane change is happening without a signal, which is sort of state-of-the-art for lane departure warnings today, but actually, you know, keeping the truck centered and on the occasions where, for whatever reason, the truck is drifting and seeing the benefit of that of, wow, I'm glad I have that on my truck, um, these things will, will start to be understood better. But it's going to take a little bit of time for the technology to be in the market for people to experience the difference for those of us in the industry to perfect some of the functionalities and benefits and to actually demonstrate them this will take time as it has taken time for other uh, assisted driving technologies like i mentioned for uh, emergency braking for stability control you know it, it's sort of a, a mixture between between um, seeing the benefit in terms of safer driving, seeing the, the benefit in terms of drivers that want to drive a particular truck versus another because it is easier, it is safer, 
um, these things have to come together and 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 they will come together and I think it's just going to take a little bit of time okay and you know one interesting question you know as we start to see this technology start to enter the market uh, really at the beginnings of, of level two automated driving where you have both lateral and, and longitudinal control as you described uh, but of course the driver still has to remain aware and uh, fully in, engaged in driving at all times uh, so how do we prevent the driver from placing too much trust in the system at this stage? You know, what kind of training uh, do we need and, and how do we avoid, you know, some of the problems that we've seen uh, in the, on the passenger car market with uh, maybe some, some drivers not understanding or, or placing a little bit too much trust in the, in the system that isn't quite ready to, to fully uh, take uh, control? You know, that, that, that's a great point. And that's one of the, the things that we have to be very careful with as an industry. Because, you know, you, you might be familiar with the SAE levels of level one and level two. Le- level three is a, is a critical point, and especially when we talk about commercial vehicles and trucking, because, you know, we don't want to create a situation where the driver is somehow less aware of the conditions on the road, because a level three system is going to require that the driver is is ready at any time to take over control because of whatever whatever situation is on the road. And I think in the passenger car side, there have been good examples of that and, and bad examples of of drivers, you know, putting more faith into a system and not realizing that they're still required to be the back the backup for the system. But I think um, you know, coming back to the uh, electric steering and the active steering. One of the features that, that comes with that is that the system can detect uh, whether or not the hands are on the wheel. It sounds a little bit, a little bit strange, but the amount of, of torque and the amount of angles that these systems can detect uh, pretty much can, can reliably know, you know not only what the driver is trying to do with the steering wheel in terms of input, but can also have a sort of hands-off detection. They can also have a little bit of a of a training um, aspect to them. So I I think there are there are numerous secondary benefits once you have these systems that can not only you know actuate themselves but but know to you know tens of hundreds of tens of degrees of what angle is going on there um, in terms of the driver action and also you know being able to detect the the torque input or the, the steering input from the driver. These have a lot of secondary benefits, but it is our responsibility in the industry to not to not make the situation worse, to not, you know, somehow cause a driver to be less attentive to the road. And I think that's the challenge when we get into things that, you know, are happening about active um cruise control and active cruise control with steering, which is available in a number of passenger cars today, um, how we implement those, whether or not we're, we're actually improving the situation or making it a little bit worse. These are important discussions. Yeah, and Jason, as you described earlier, of course, active steering and automated steering, this is a, an absolutely essential element for uh, higher levels of automation as well. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on where we're headed. You know, I know this is a you know a question that you know is is, is reliant on just making projections and it's a it's an estimate and 
and we're all making our best guesses. But uh, what do you think in terms of you know how how fast automated driving technology will advance in the trucking industry? You know how quickly is it going to change our industry? What's your best guess on where we'll be in five years, and in, in ten years, and in twenty years? Yeah, that's uh, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? But I, I've I've heard this phrase a number of times, and I, I think I really like it for this situation. You talk about revolutionary changes at evolutionary paces, you know, and I think that at, like all new technology, and especially technology in commercial vehicle area, you you need to have a certain improvement. I think no doubt a lot of people can see certain business cases and certain use cases for automating certain portions of driving routes. And I think that the the, the good example is the you know long drive on Interstate 80 across across the desert. And you know the, the way that I like to explain that is if if I were to create a, a factory job where I had a worker sitting in a chair for six hours and doing nothing but visually inspecting things in front of him or her, um, you know, a hundred different things and monitoring five different gauges. If I decided, if I designed that as a factory job, I think I would have have trouble with with OSHA or whomever to say, hey, that that is, you know, not not a proper job for a human being to do. Uh, nonetheless, that's more or less what we expect on certain routes. From our drivers, and and I think that there's some opportunity there uh, to to take over, you know, things that can be done better on automation than on a human being. It just simply is a matter of fact that the the sensors that we we have now in the industry can detect the speed of every vehicle a half a mile to a mile ahead and react and be more knowledgeable than even the most professional and trained driver, let alone new drivers coming to to the industry that don't have that years of experience to know, you know, that a, a mile ahead is a merge point and there there could be a 20 or 30 mile per hour difference between those cars. So I think there are certain use cases that are going to become obvious to us that, hey, this particular route here or this particular uh, section of the U.S. is really right to think about how could we automate that. But that that doesn't mean that, you know, we wake up one day and every truck on Interstate 80 is driverless. It's going to take time to prove it out. And the complexity of what needs to be done when you remove the driver as the backup is, is really where, you know, when we talk about it with SAE level one, two, three, four, the difference between three and four is gargantuan. And, and that is really, you know, something that needs to be proven out, it needs to be tested, it needs to be done with a reliable technology. It needs to work sun or rain, wind or whatever. And so I think when you factor all of those things together, the picture becomes a little bit more clear that there are going to be certain aspects of the hall that are going to be conducive to implement the technology, but the technology is going to have to be stepwise introduced. So what that means is even if a lot of us from the industry say we <clears throat> excuse me, say we have the technology available, that's that's not that's not wrong, 
the, the cameras, the LIDARs, the sensors, the steering, these are all there. But to actually, you know, put it on the road, have it operate 100% safe, have it operate with, you know, near 100% uptime, this is just going to take some time. So I think what you will see in the next five years, uh, more and more companies uh, operating, testing, running routes. As we go from five to 10 years, we'll start to see certain areas that that will become automated, but this is probably closer to 10 than five. And then, you know, how that actually changes the industry, um, you know, will remain to be seen. But you could think about, you know, when we talk about modes of freight, you could think about a almost equivalent to how we, we change from trucks to rail today, that certain certain aspects and certain routes will become more cost effective to operate on an automated truck on a on a freeway um, and certain routes are never going to make sense or not going to make sense for you know the next decades so i that's why i like the the, the phrase kind of revolutionary change at evolutionary pace no that's very helpful i think that's a good way of of thinking about what really does look to be a, a long road ahead um but you know, it should be a very fascinating road, uh, you know, to, to travel uh, in the, the years and decades ahead, for sure. You know, this has been a really fascinating conversation, but I think we've reached a, a good stopping point here. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Jason. Really appreciate your insights. Yeah, happy to uh, talk with you, Seth. Thanks a lot for having me. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we wrap up, let's take a moment to reconsider our original question. How quickly will active steering technology take hold in commercial trucking, and how will it change the driver experience? As we've heard from our guests, it's clear that there is significant interest in automated steering and the added layer of safety it could bring to the industry. This technology will transform passive lane departure warnings into active lane departure protection to further assist the driver. And that driver will be able to focus fully on monitoring traffic and will likely be less fatigued at the end of the day. That being said, adoption of active steering will likely be gradual but steady, similar to other forms of onboard safety technology that have entered the market in years past. And while this technology could make life easier for professional drivers, it's also essential that they receive training and fully understand what the systems in their trucks can and cannot do. In the future, this rollout of active steering capabilities will help lay the foundation for highly automated trucks. But for now, we're entering an era where the state of the art for truck safety is a combination of the skills and adaptability of a well-trained professional driver with increasingly sophisticated onboard safety technology to support that driver. We'll continue the conversation about onboard safety technology in future episodes of Road Science. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.